to Sonic Shuffle, the music podcast where the topic is decided by fate. I'm your host, Andrew Mullen, and coming off the back of a couple guest episodes, if you have not uh, listened to them, I highly recommend that you do so. Um, last episode, we had the wonderful Benjamin Ackley join us. Uh, we talked about a uh, very fun band indeed, and uh, I highly recommend you go check that out. That episode was a lot of fun. The other episode, uh, the previous one to that, uh, was with someone who may or may not be my girlfriend, uh, Bricia Vargas, and we talked about a also a really fun band um, with some important social context around that as well. So definitely go check out those episodes if you haven't already. But today we're back to this podcast being a solo venture. We're gonna at least for the next couple episodes or so, just gonna be me again at the helm talking about whatever band or artist that I get here. Sorry if you're disappointed by that. I would be too, but um, <laughs> hopefully you'll you'll still want to stick around, even if it's just my rambly voice here. Um, real quick, I do want to note, uh, I have forgotten to mention this, and thus for put it in the descriptions for my podcast episodes. Um, I do want to point out that uh, I actually keep a playlist of the songs that I get that pop up at Shuffle, and... I figured it'd probably be a good idea to actually include that in the descriptions of my uh, episodes. So if you want to listen to the playlist of all the songs that I get and you know follow with that and whatnot, feel free to do so. Although obviously I will point out if you like these episodes to be spoiler free, might not be the best thing to follow because obviously when an episode goes up, I'll put the song that I got in there. So. Maybe at the very least, don't look at that until you've heard, you know, the most recent episode. So, anyways, just thought I would point that out there and uh, just let you all know that I'm going to start putting it down there. So, if you want to follow that playlist, please go ahead. Also, I also keep forgetting to plug this in, but I have an email. Uh, This should also be in the episode's description, and you can send any feedback that you would like. like. Feel free to send it to that email. Other than that, I think that's all the housekeeping that I have. Um, so yeah, let's kind of dive into this episode. Like I said, this will just be me today, but it's still going to be a little bit different. We're not going to be shuffling from my, like, like songs like we were doing at the further, like the first, uh, couple episodes. We're actually going to a specific playlist that I have on Spotify. I call this playlist for later, which pretty much means if I see anything interesting on Spotify, but I don't feel like listening to it at the moment, or I don't have time to listen to it at that particular moment, I dump it in there. So basically, if I see a song or an album or an artist that looks really cool, I'll put that song or at least a handful of songs from an artist or album into this playlist. Um, Also, uh, and again, this might be only something you see if you frequently use the desktop app, but uh, Spotify has the friend activity on the side, um, you know, where you can follow people or your friends or whoever and see what they're listening to at the moment. Um, I like it just to kind of stalk my friend's music listening habits, as it were. <laughs> um, if I see something cool they're listening to, though, and I don't know it, it's probably going to go in here as well. So it's just kind of a mishmash of whatever that I found. But the reason I'm doing it this way is because I kind of want someone that I don't know about, like, at all. Like, the last artist... The artist that me and Ben talked about in the previous episode, I wasn't super familiar with. Um, I was at least familiar with the name and a couple songs from the episode prior, and so on and so on. Like I, So far, pretty much all these artists that I've gotten are artists I'm at least somewhat familiar with. But I kind of want an uh, artist that I have a completely blank slate with, just I know nothing about, and I'm going to learn about them on this episode. Why? I don't know. Just thought it'd be fun. I mean, I, I, I want to keep this interesting for, for both you, the listener, and for me. I thought this would be a cool way to do that. So, um, yeah, my For Later playlist has just under 2,900 songs. So, um, yeah, there's definitely been a lot of collecting. I actually started this during the middle of the pandemic. So, uh, since June of 2020, this is how long this playlist has been going. Obviously, when I hear something from this playlist, I remove it because I have since learned it. So not everything that's got in this playlist is still in here, but this, this might be a fun way to help whittle it down because obviously I have a lot of stuff uh, to get through. So with that, uh, check to make sure that yes, the shuffle button is on. And now all I need to do is hit play and see 
who we get from my four later playlist. something very smooth indeed um the song is greed by the artist tash sultana um not familiar with this oh okay hold on Ugh. Ooh. uh quite big a lot of listeners holy crap um over two million uh almost three million monthly listeners um top song is over 182 monthly listeners Ooh. um yeah i'm not f i'm not familiar with this artist at all but um yeah might be too big i think it's on the periphery but you know i don't i don't know this artist so i'm i'm open to doing this one let's see what more can i learn about this artist is two albums at least this is just from spotify there might be more i will i will check i do want to say i don't want to always go off of spotify just to determine the number of uh albums from each artist because spotify not might, might not have all their albums so anyways let's see uh bio uh tash tash sultana the gender fluid multi-instrumentalist singer songwriter producer and engineer has been dubbed one of the hardest working music exports in Australia. Jesus, how have I not heard of this artist? My God, they do a lot. Um, yeah, they, yeah, looks like, yeah, they're right. Not wrong on being multi-instrumentalist. I see like at least 12 different instruments listed here. Making music by the age of 13. All right, well, this is interesting. I mean, I, I don't know this artist very well. It could be fun. Oh, they're on a van life and feel good indie playlist. So that's something uh do i know any of the artists similar to them <sighs> um i do not know any of these artists uh some of the top ones are dope lemon methyl ethyl sticky fingers and lime cordile yeah this is truly someone i have never heard of um all right tashultana why not Let's do an episode on this artist. back after listening to all of the studio material and some live material as well from the artist Tash Fultana. First I just want to say I'm sorry for how long this ep episode has taken to get out because I know I haven't had the best most consistent uh, uploading schedule. I will say my, my day job uh, as a reporter keeps me very busy so it's, it is always hard to find time and motivation to uh, you know fit this podcast uh, in there. Hopefully, you all are still interested in listening, um, as I am still very interested in having discussions about uh, music that I get randomly. Uh, speaking of, uh, let's get to the topic at hand today, because, oh boy, am I excited to talk about this artist. But first, I want to say, when I got uh, Tash Haltana on Soffle, I might be stretching the eligibility requirements, since they are a very successful artist that has received a lot of critical praise and just a lot of general attention from popularity-wise and whatnot. They also have millions of monthly listeners on Spotify, so I know one of the rules I said is that artists can't be too big for me to discuss in this episode, but I think covering them as someone like me who lives in North America kind of excuses that since they are an Australian-based artist with much of their success coming from their homeland. Four of their top five cities on Spotify, because actually if you go into, I believe, the artist bio on Spotify, you can see like their top five 
uh, cities in terms of where they're getting their streams from. Um, and five of, four of those top five cities in Spotify are in Australia, and the other one being London in the UK. So also pretty much all their chart success is in Australia and New Zealand. But that, that's not to say that Sultana hasn't broken through to North America at all. Uh, they've been on a couple of North American tours and is currently preparing for another. Um, but it is clear that Sultana is Australian-based and most of the attention and popularity uh, that they've gained comes from Australia. So I feel justified exploring their music on the show because um, I don't think they've broken through as much here in the States as they have in other places. So uh, if you disagree with that, sorry, um, but I don't care because we'll, we'll get to it. So like I said earlier at the start of the show, um, I had never heard of Tash Sultana before re researching for this episode. And well, that was kind of the point of this today's episode anyways. And um, I will say, after listening to their music, I feel slighted by the universe somehow because I have been convinced through my research that Sultana is one of the best and most talented guitarists and just musicians in general going right now. And I am not being hyperbolic. I was thoroughly impressed and delighted with what they had to offer as a musician, as a songwriter, and as an innovator in general with the way all their musical stylings and the way they've mashed up genres together. I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm not, I don't really care if maybe they're a little too big for this uh, podcast because I just so happy that I had a chance to explore their music. It, it, this, this artist was incredible. But before I kind of gush any further, you should probably answer the question, who is Tash Sultana? And what kind of music do they make specifically? Well, the second question, uh, the second part of that question is not an easy one to answer because they kind of go everywhere musically at times. To get a sense of what I mean, um, here are all the genres that are listed on their Wikipedia page. This is just their Wikipedia page. They have them listed under psychedelic rock, reggae, soul, R&B, hip hop, blues and roots music, um, and neo soul. That's what they put there. I don't know exactly what Neo Soul means, but that's what was on there. Um, I would also add pop and funk to that list as well. I mean, they just go all over the map and just take influences from just a wide eclectic range of uh, musicians. Sultana's influence includes Erica Badu, Jimi Hendrix, Frat Freddy Drops, Pink Floyd, Fleetwood Mac, Bob Marley, and Bon Iver. Those are just some of the handful of artists that I found that they've taken inspiration from. As you might guess, they just run the gambit in terms of musical genres, styles, and techniques. They are also a multi-instrumentalist, and I think it would be quicker, honestly, I think it would be quicker to list off the instruments they don't play than <laughs> the ones that they do. I mean, holy crap. They play everything from piano to keyboards to synths, bass, drums, percussions in general, trumpet, saxophone, flute, mandolin, the oud, harmonica, lap steel, and panpipes, along with being able to, uh, you know, uh, beatbox and, you know, good use of looping and samples and whatnot. I mean, quite frankly, I, like, what what is it in there? I don't think I saw the glockenspiel. Point is, they can play a lot of instruments and are practically a one-person band. And when I say one-person band, I, I'm being literal, but we'll, we'll get back to that in a little bit. Um, they told SBS News once, my goal is just to be able to play as many instruments as I possibly can, which is an, honestly a pretty awesome ethos to have as a musician, if I do say so myself. However, I personally think they display their musical talents the most through their guitar playing and their vocals. Uh, with their primary guitar of choice being uh, a Fender Stratocaster, of which they actually recently started selling their own signature version of. So if you're really into guitars and you like what you hear, maybe go check that out. I'm sure it's crazy expensive, but what do I know? I'm, I don't play guitar. Anyways, I believe they also taught most of these instruments uh, to themselves, or at least over 10 of them, which is the number I found the most online, but... At a certain point, it, you just kind of have to just, just give a round of applause anyways, because, geez, like, 
how, how does someone teach like over 10 instruments themselves? I mean, how does someone learn at 10 instruments alone, let alone like probably uh, at this point, the 20 that they probably know? It, it's insane to me how m many musical techniques they, and instruments they've just learned. It, it's phenomenal. So in a recent interview with Guitar World, they also talked about how they have to schedule out uh, times and days to practice each instrument, you know, throughout the week in order to stay proficient with each of them. I think they did that a lot primarily through quarantining a pandemic and whatnot, which, you know, makes sense because obviously they weren't touring as pretty much no one was during that time. At least no one should have been touring. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they had a lot more time to practice. Maybe even learned, you know, extra five instruments or whatever. I don't know. Um, I'll discuss, uh, Sultana's musical abilities later in the episode when I can, you know, play some more of their music so you get a better idea of, um, what I'm talking about with how good they are on certain instruments, like the guitar. I should also mention, on top of everything I've already said about them as a musician, uh, Sultana records, engineers, performs, arranges, and produces much of their material themselves. I... I, I, I think they, they were quoted as saying they record everything. They do all of that themselves full stop. But on some of the Wikipedia pages and like album credits, there were other like engineers and mixers uh, or whatever um, credited. So I don't know how true exactly that is, but I'm sure the, the truth lies somewhere within the, the middle of that. But um, yeah, on top, on top of learning uh, all these different instruments, they somehow managed to find time to also pretty much put the albums together themselves which have i mentioned yet that they're one of the most talented and hardworking musicians in the world going right now have i mentioned that because if i have it they are like my god Whew. anyway so sorry um uh we're going through all that but i think it's kind of important to establish just the musical force that is tash altana but obviously Everyone has to learn their musicianship skills somewhere, and uh, for Sultana, that came very early in life. So let's kind of talk about uh, their pre-musical career. Sultana was born in 1995 in Melbourne, in of Australian and Maltese ancestry. They got an early start with music when they started learning to play guitar at the age of three, after receiving uh, one as a gift from their grandfather, and the music just spiraled from there. Performing music live also started young for Sultana, performing at, an op at open mic nights at the age of 13 and busking or street performing shortly after not being able to find uh, regular work uh, to make some money. During this time, they were also in a short-lived band called Mind Pilot, I believe that's what they were called, um, that won many local battle of the bands but didn't last for too long. They split up in 2012. And as far as I know, there's no studio recordings or just recordings at all of this band online. So if you're really, really into, interested, you can go try hunting that down yourself. But uh, trust me, there's a lot to talk about already. So let's just move on. I'm not sure exactly when Sultana did, but at some point they developed a drug addiction. Uh, the timeline, I wasn't really able to find one. So this part of their life is a little murky, as it probably should be, because it is their personal business. But uh, I think it is important in the context of their early career. In a video interview with Viceland, Zoltana uh, said they were doing pretty much every drug apart from heroin. I think that was the, pretty much the exact quote. And described themselves as a drug addict. In that same interview, they described a story hanging out at a friend's house um, and eating a, mag a magic mushroom pizza, which... Oh my god, that's quite the phrase to say. From which they developed a drug-induced psychosis at the age of 17, which um, I didn't really know much about drug psychoses, but after reading this, they sound gnarly. Like, you're just just not really in a good headspace for long periods of time. It, it, it sounds kind of crazy to me, but uh, luckily they were uh, able to recover after months of therapy and supervision. Uh, so, pretty scary, but glad they ended up getting out of it. Luckily, uh, Sultana's luck would turn around for the better um, following that incident, especially in terms of their musical career. This kind of leads into how they gained their popularity, uh, primarily through what I call the Justin Bieber route, meaning their recordings uh, began getting lots of attention on a website called YouTube. One of their first, actually probably their first big hit, gained its initial success on YouTube, uh, that song being Jungle. 
eventually gaining over 40 million views on the website. This later translated into chart success, with it peaking at number 39 on the ARIA singles chart. Uh, and ARIA, by the way, is, I believe, the main uh, Australian music sales chart. And this song would later find itself on Sultana's first official EP. So before we uh, talk about that EP in more detail, let's hear a clip from the song Jungle. background and I apologize for that. Hopefully uh, you all enjoyed hearing the song, but I think it was important to kind of give a lot of context of uh, Sultana's early life as it kind of plays into their early uh, success in music. Currently though, there's not a lot of studio material, um, you know, which makes sense. They only began releasing music officially um, in the middle of the last decade. I mean, their first EP was in 2016. We'll get to that in a minute. So it does make sense that there isn't a whole lot there and their music from my understanding does take time to write and record as they're pretty complex with all the moving parts in there and trust me I'll talk about that in a little bit as well so yeah it makes sense why there isn't a whole lot at the moment they are still kind of an artist on the rise kind of not they have again kind of made it in many respects as well so I do understand why there isn't a ton of material that material includes two full-length albums, and one EP that you can find. Yeah, um, I should mention that Wikipedia lists Sultana's first release as a yin-yang, an EP released in 2013. This is a bit of a mysterious one, though. Um, Wikipedia lists it as being self-released and available for digital download only. I also found pages for this EP on SoundCloud as well as Discogs. However, SoundCloud... Um, the the link was dead or the or listed the songs were removed simple like that pretty much the tracks were not on soundcloud it you could you can google it and click on the link saying it'll lead to the union ep but the songs aren't there um however i did see some posts from people on both that discogs page as well as uh Tasseltana subreddit of people trying to find this release so i'm clearly not the only one struggling to find this uh this release I did some digging and I found uh, all the songs listed on that Discogs page are on YouTube, but only two of them appear to be studio recordings, and one was very low quality. It was like some really scratchy recording that someone did off their phone or something. It was really rough. The rest were um, of various live recordings from Sultana's early career and whatnot. So because of this, I can't really describe what this EP sounds like for sure. But based on what I heard, I think the EP was mostly acoustic, uh, which is actually pretty different compared to most of their work. I mean, they definitely did incorporate a lot of acoustic guitar in some of their songs on their full-length um, records. But 
mainly electric. They mainly stick to electric guitar. So this, this was kind of an interesting point of their career to listen to. I found a particularly good performance of one of the songs off Yin Yang called Featherstone, which I think is a great example of their guitar abilities, honestly, even if it is just them playing on the acoustic guitar. Uh, it's just a lot of great fret work out there, and I think it's really cool to hear. The song itself also has some really cool progressions, riffs, and solos, and I've talked enough uh, so far in this big stretch. Uh, let's hear a clip of uh, this live recording of Featherstone. However, uh, like I said, the studio recording of this EP does not really seem to be online. I suppose since other people have tried and failed to find this release, and obviously I couldn't really either, it seems to me that this uh, EP, Yin Yang, is a case of lost media. Yes, I, like many other people, uh, enjoy a good lost media case. However, I'm not really the investigating type. I don't really investigate them, I just kind of watch from the sideline. So, I will be a good little internet citizen and alert the proper authorities on this case, that being the Lost Media Wiki and uh, the Lost Media subreddit. Hopefully, someone there in those groups could uh, help find this release, or hey, maybe someone listening knows where to find or has these studio recordings. And if you do, I guess let people know, or upload it, or tell people in the uh, subreddit of Sasultana, Sasultana subreddit, I should say, where to find it, so... Anyways, just thought I would bring that up. Alright, anyways, because of the weird circumstances around Jin Yang, let's just say that Sultana's first official release was Notion, uh, released in 2016 through their own independent record label, Lonely Land Records. Let me tell you all, this EP slaps. This EP is experimental, this EP is all over the place in the best way possible. I think I have genuinely discovered one of my favorite EPs ever, period. 
Like, the sheer amount of ideas, genres, and styles packed to this one EP blew my mind. In this EP alone, I heard traces of reggae, psych rock, jazz, and soul, and probably a bajillion other things as well. I heard some beatboxing uh, and some of the live tracks, which I'll get to in a second. Just, it, it's amazing how much is packed into this little EP. Sultana seems to take elements of old 60s psychedelic and 70s classic rock and recontextualizes them in a fresh modern setting. This EP also showcases not only Sultana's guitar abilities, uh, not just in technical terms, but through their ability to create interesting and awesome guitar tones, such as on the opener Synergy, which had this really epic atmospheric intro that just kept getting built upon as the track went on. They're also shredding solos too, like Sultana can shred, it, it, it's crazy. Such as on the title track, Notion, their singing was impeccable on this track as well. So yeah, let's just hear a bit of Notion, because that song was awesome. back to their musical abilities in terms of the instruments they play uh they play every instrument on here as far as i can tell um they play the harmonica the synthesizer the trumpet uh did some beatboxing as well like i mentioned earlier and can i just say how impressive it is that sultana not only learned all these instruments but managed to be highly proficient with their vocals and guitars as well as well as other instruments quite frankly i mean with all the instruments uh, that Sultana learned, it would be forgiven if they were kind of average, if you know what I mean, with all the instruments, you know, like jack of all trades, master none type of deal. Like, it would still be impressive, but I'm like, okay, I understand if you're just kind of like, if you can write some good guitar riffs, but you're not like an amazing like soloist. Like, okay, that, that makes sense based on everything else. And it'd still be really impressive. But they still managed to master and excel at a couple instruments as well. Like, so, oh my god, it's it's insane. More on their guitar abilities, Sultana utilizes percussive and finger-tapping guitar techniques. But like I said, uh, they can also just do some old-school-style shredding as well. Like it's, They just kind of run the gamut with their guitar abilities. And then going off their vocals, uh, Sultana has a five-octave vocal range. You know, as if their guitar abilities weren't already overkill. Like, uh, again, one of the most impressive and musically talented people on this planet right now. I, I, I will argue that. Especially as someone like me who tried and failed to learn just one instrument, that being the guitar in high school. I barely got past Blick Screep Bop before I just gave up. Like, this just... The fact that anyone is able to do what Sultana can do blows my freaking mind. Anyways... Other out-of-left-field surprises from this uh, EP includes this amazingly smooth trumpet performance on the song Gemini, which 
let's hear a bit of right now. Towards the end of the record, there's also some really interesting, what I would call kind of experimental live performances and jams with the song Big Smoke, uh, both parts one and part two. They split up into two different parts. Um, the CP was always interesting because it was so much fun hearing what Sultana threw out next. There's not a dud track on here, and I highly recommend that everyone checks out this release. You will not be disappointed, I promise. And it just gives a great example of Sultana's wide pool of genres to utilize in her sound. It, it, it's just a great release. Going back to that two-part live track that I mentioned, uh, Big Smoke. Each part is roughly 10 minutes long. And like I said, it's kind of this weird mix of looping and beatboxing, like jam session basically with guitars and keyboards and whatnot thrown on top. And after listening to this, I knew I had to check out some live videos of Sultana just so I can get the full experience. Um, and remember earlier at the start of the episode when I called Sultana a one-person band? Well, I was not being hyperbolic. Sultana, up until 2020, played by themselves on stage. Literally, just themselves. And... It is truly something to watch. I mean, obviously, I'm sure it's a million times better in person, but even just watching the video of them playing live, it's insane. Dude, they have like quite a few different like loop pedals, and uh, I'm sure there's um, I don't know I don't know if there are machines that are called loopers. I'm not sure exactly the technical aspects of how this works, but let's just say they have multiple loops loopers on stage. And what they'll do, they'll play like a guitar riff, maybe a keyboard line, or start a beatboxing rhythm, and use that those loopers to keep them playing so they can go play a guitar solo, play at the trumpet, you know, sing at the mic, you know, sing their, their lines or whatnot. Or just dance and get the crowd pumped. Like, they just ooze charisma on stage. And it's just captivating to see how they manage to put an entire set together by themselves. Like, it, it's insane. I... I no, I keep saying the word insane a lot. I'm sorry, but I, I, I've just flabbergasted that there's an artist out there doing something like this. It, it's just really impressive. But as far as Sultana performing by themselves on stage, um, it might have actually partly to do with necessity as well. Um, according to an interview with Consequence of Sound, they said, and this was back in 2018, by the way, so about four years old, but I'm sure it definitely spoke to their situation at the time. They said, I don't have any money to have a band. So I did it all myself. And I wanted to see how far I can take it. I mean, that's just legendary. I was like, in another interview with Guitar World, they said that they tore with two tons worth of weight, which I'm presuming means like gear and stuff in there, loop, loopers and whatnot. To me, the best way I would describe their live recordings would be, you know, a modern take on old 60s and 70s live jam sessions with 
uh, modern takes on it as well, you know, including the looping style performances and their beatboxing and just, just again, doing it themselves. Like, I cannot emphasize much. They perform pretty much all these instruments live themselves. It's truly remarkable. Sultana is truly one of the most unique live jammers, improvisers going today. And I would definitely love to see them live one day. And they're actually about to go off on a North American tour at the moment, I believe. Uh, I don't know when it starts exactly. I know it's sometime in 2022. And uh, yeah, hopefully they come through Michigan because I definitely would love to see them live. Anyways, speaking of touring, following the release of Notion... Uh, Sultana embarked on a world, on their first world tour across Australia, Europe, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. Sultana also played Lollapalooza in 2018, which I believe may have been part of their first North American tour. I could be wrong. And that performance of Lollapalooza was about a month or so before the release of their first full-length album, which was called Flow State. Early singles for that record included Mystic and Murder to the Mind, which has been in my head quite a bit uh, since I started researching uh, Tasseltala and might be my favorite track of theirs. I, th- I, th- I think so. I think especially as talk about like just sheer hooks and um, enjoyment. I think that one's at the top for me. This song has a nice slick groove to it. And it's a really good just pop track in general. I think it charted pretty well um, in Australia. I will say there are two versions of the song on Spotify, the single version and the album mix on Flow State. I actually personally enjoy the single mix more because of how the guitar solo comes in at the end. I know that's a very specific weird thing to include, but it just doesn't work as well, A, I don't think, on the album track, and B, well, I'll just tell you the story when I first heard the song. The song mostly contains keyboards, horns, and some mellow, I really want to highlight the word mellow here, mellow guitars until the very end, until Sultana's distorted electric guitar slices through and steamrolls the listener. It just honestly comes out of nowhere. (laughs) And I will say, and the reason why it was very memorable to me, uh, I was driving when I first listened to this track. And it literally jump-scared me because I wasn't expecting that solo. I was like, oh, this is a nice, nice, like, pop tune and whatnot. And suddenly this guitar just roars in and it scared the shit out of me. Um, and I loved it. I love it, though, because it was just impactful. And uh, I, I kind of like it when, you know, electric guitars come in it. You know, mostly acoustic tracks. It really makes that, you know, distorted electric guitar more impactful. Former Husker Du frontman Bob Mould, who I'm a big fan of, by the way, uh, did this on a solo track of his Wishing Well very effectively, if you want a, uh, another example of that. Anyways, uh, I've talked about it enough. Let's listen to Murder to the Mind. Murder to the mind. 
let's finally talk about their debut full-length album, Flow State, which was released uh, in 2018, like I said earlier, through Sultana's own record label, Lonely Lands Record, uh, and gained some pretty good chart and critical uh, success. The album peaked at number two on the ARIA albums chart, and sits comfortably at uh, about 76 out of 100 on Metacritic, so generally the critics were very uh, positive to this record. The album itself is quite long, uh, just as a forewarning. It's just just over an hour, although that's not an issue because it does not feel like it and never drags. Like it, it always keeps you engaged, very much so like the first EP. The album's sound uh, centers around psychedelic jamming with some soul, R&B, and pop thrown in there as well. Uh, and that's actually primarily what the album sounds like, what it goes off of. And it's a really, again, diverse and eclectic sound to have to begin with. However, that was kind of the one knock, if I can even find one, I had for this album. This album's just not as varied as Notion. You know, again, like I said earlier, every track I was hearing something new pulled out from Sultana, and I really enjoyed it. And to be quite honest... Flow State is just not as very genre-wise as Notion, which was just a little disappointing to me. Again, that's not to say this album doesn't have an interesting mix of sounds. It certainly does. I don't know, just after all the fun ideas that were crammed into Notion, I just wanted to hear more of what Sultana could do with the full record regarding that. But again, that's kind of criticizing the album more for what it isn't than for what it is, which isn't fair. And it really is It kind of... Maybe a little bit odd. It would be really fair to properly critique this album for that because holy crap, what is there is fantastic. I Like I said earlier, it was thoroughly entertaining from start to finish. And you hear a lot of Sultana's great vocal and guitar abilities on here. Um, and it's just fantastic. Some of the highlights for this record, um, for me, includes the opener Seed, which was this nice little ditty that really showcases Sultana's amazing vocals right from the start. Uh, the bouncy riff on Big Smoke and uh, its soaring vocals were really fun as well, with a killer solo um, attached at the end. is a nice slow burn instrumental and cigarettes has a driving soul at the end that you really need to hear for yourself but the last song i want to play from this record was the epic nine minute closer blackbird i mean technically there's a little outro interlude but the, the proper closer i would say is uh, the song blackbird there is some killer noodling both on electric and acoustic guitars as well and with those acoustic guitars in particular sounding really nice and echoey i love the reverb those added to them um and have this really slow maybe not no not really slow but kind of slow but satisfying build up just phenomenal track let's hear it like the wind it carries me away 
Anyways, yeah, so that's uh, Felicity as a whole. I don't really have much more to say about it. Um, it's a great record. Uh, if you like your jam kind of style musician musicianship and whatnot, you'll really get a kick out of this. Um, definitely check out some live recordings on like YouTube or something. Uh, Sultana playing some of these songs. I found some really good live recordings of like Big Smoke and uh, Murder to the Mind. So definitely check that out. Again, I, I think Notion's still my favorite release of Sultana's, but Flow State is a very close second. This is a great record. Check it out for sure. Anyways, following the release of Flow State, Sultana took a little bit to get another full-length record, mainly because they did some extensive touring off of Flow State. And, um, well, that was the end of 2018, and I think you all know what's coming up. But um, I will say they were doing some uh, work after the release of that record. They did some one-off uh, singles. I think one of them was called um, Can't Buy Happiness. Um, and they also did a couple collaboration tracks. One of the collaborations uh, was a song called Daydreaming with the band Milky Chance. However, I don't really like Milky Chance. I, I remember hearing their name when I was first getting into music many years ago at this point. And I just wasn't really interested in, in them then. And I don't really care for them now. So this track didn't do much for me. But obviously Sultana was the best part of that track. Very much so. Although I didn't really hear a lot of like guitar like solos or whatnot. I don't think I heard one on there. And like, geez, we're gonna have Tash Sultana on your song. You should let them play a guitar solo. Like, Jesus. Anyways, in, in early 2020, Sultana also played at a one-day um, fundraising music festival called the Down to Earth. I believe that's what it was called. The event was actually uh, there to raise monies for the. Uh, wild bushfires that was happening at that time i don't know if ever anyone remembers but like i mean i know australia catches fire a lot but it was bad like it made some of the cali like some of the photos from that that year's wildfire in australia made like california's like tame by comparison like the skies were like this deep blood red it was horrifying so it's good to hear that they were raising some money for relief on that uh, they also decided, I don't know if this was before or after the pandemic began, but uh, they also started taking session musicians on the road with them. I think that one day festival was the last time they had, they performed solo by themselves. And yeah, session musicians might not seem as impressive as performing by themselves, but you know, I think they later said the music was just getting too complicated to just do by themselves. So they needed extra help on stage, so it makes perfect sense. I don't think it's any less impressive, and the music's still fantastic anyways. So, yeah, I think it just makes perfect sense to have uh, session musicians with them. I mean, they could probably only go so far with performing by themselves, and what they're already doing is really impressive and complicated as is. So, again, I think it makes sense. Um, however, uh, like many other artists I have talked about on this show... Um, Sultana's story kind of screeched to a halt in 2020, uh, with the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, uh, which allowed them to take a much-needed break, uh, from their hectic touring schedule, so it's probably a good thing for their mental health. Apart from, uh, doing recording that would later, uh, turn into a, an, uh, MTV Unplugged session, which we'll talk about that in a little bit, they didn't do much else except spend time uh, writing songs for their next full-length album, which is what we'll talk about right now. Um, they were releasing some singles in 2020 and 2021, and was finally able to release their second full-length album, Terra Firma, which was released in 2021. Uh, this also had the song Greed on it, which I'm sure if you all remember from the start of this episode is what uh, led us to even talk about Tesla here today. This album was also their first and number one record in Australia. I think off of the ARIA or whatever that album ranking chart was. So that's pretty cool. This album was uh, written and recorded between uh, 2019 and 2021. Uh, with Sultana still doing most of the recording, engineering, performing, arranging, and producing themselves. So again, very impressive. The making of this record also seemed to be another motivator for Sultana to start performing with live session musicians. In an interview with 1883 Magazine, weird name for publication, Sultana said, When I made my record, uh, Terra Firma, I just wanted to have no boundaries. So I wrote it in a way where I would figure out how to play it later. <laughs> so it seems like 
there just were a lot of moving parts with this release, you know, and it probably would just, again, become too complicated for them to play live. Once again, this album stands at about an hour long, with the sound this time centering more around jazz and soul fuel pop, with some, I would say, some funk thrown in there as well. But still had plenty of guitar in the record as well. Sultana said of the record, I always think there is never enough guitar on, on records, to be honest. For a period of time, I was just hearing stuff on the radio that, that doesn't have guitar in it. I found that really strange. I'm all for the guitar layering and layering and layering. Uh, and they weren't kidding when they said layering and layering and layering. They said the album's production was lush, which I very much agree with, um, and contains, in their words, epic layers. They also said that this album had, at some point in its sessions, up to 250 multi-tracks, which is like Smashing Pumpkins level of, of layer of guitar layering, which is pretty cool. Um, this record is great, don't get me wrong. However, my issues with the previous record, Flow State, are kind of more prevalent here, to be honest. This is probably my least favorite release of theirs, not saying it's bad. Um, I still really like it, but this album didn't do as much for me as, uh, as much as Notion or Flow State. And that's because this album is in, honestly, more of a genre rut than the previous material. It's definitely not uninteresting or uninspired, far from it, but it doesn't match the genre diversity that the previous releases do. Uh, plus, Sultana's vocals are actually a little more toned down, and there's just not a lot of, you know, guitar solos, at least from my observation. Obviously, none of this is bad on its own, but when an album stands at an hour long... Uh, this becomes a little more noticeable and can make the record drag a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, I wasn't, again, really bored throughout this record. It just maybe compared to Flow State that dragged a little bit more to me. That's all. But again, I do not think this is a bad record. No, it's still really solid. And, you know, I kind of, I won't say harped on, but, you know, while I was maybe personally a little disappointed about the album's more laid-back sound and not, not in terms of it, like, being stripped down but more you know less a little less energy uh, more smooth uh maybe you know the vocals are toned down and the solos they aren't there as much you know that's what i mean by kind of toned down and i mentioned that and maybe i was personally a little disappointed by it but there was definitely purpose there with that like i said earlier sultana took a much needed break from touring and public appearances through the pandemic uh, but that was also because they knew they needed to in order to prevent burnout. Their approach to writing Terra Firma reflected this new attitude. A quote from the interview reads, I wrote an album that coincided with the realizations I was having within myself, uh, which is that I'm at a really nice place at 25. I'm really thankful for everything that I've learned, and I'm really thankful for all the people around me. I just feel super grounded. So, yeah, maybe that more content, you know, roughly content attitude with their life, probably reflected, like I said, in their music. And with this week record honestly being more of a pop record than the previous releases, Sultana's songwriting and hooks are still really good, and maybe among the best of their career so far. In that lush production I mentioned earlier, sounds fantastic. The song Greed that nominated Sultana for the episode is, is, is really good, along with the song Prop Circles. I really like the hook on the single Pretty Lady as well. Should I let you kind of know where I'm going? You know why? I'm kind of feeling like I kind of say the same thing twice. Maybe thrice. If I'm on with you, I'll let you in on it. See you see. track to me from this record was Coma, which was a this nice beautiful ballad with a killer solo at the end. Oh, 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 oh. 
that's about as much as I have to say about Terra Pharma. Again, maybe not my most favorite release of theirs, but still definitely worth uh, your time if you want to check it out, especially if you enjoyed the previous releases. Anyway, since this album is pretty new, it came out last year, after all, uh, there hasn't been much new that's come from uh, Sultana since the release of Terraforma. Apart from uh, an MTV Unplugged record, they had just released um, probably like a week or so, maybe like t maybe two weeks at the most before, you know, I'm recording this. So uh, that's pretty fresh. I checked out like bits and pieces of it. It sounded pretty cool, but um, yeah, maybe check it out for yourself if you like MTV Unplugged records. They are playing a North American tour this year, um, so if you live here in the States like I do and you really liked what you heard, maybe check them out. They seem like a really awesome live artist to, uh, to witness. Anyways, that, my friends, is where the story of Tassantana currently stands. I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more of them in the future because, my God, they are talented, they deserve it, and... Like I said earlier, I think they're only like 25 years old at the moment, maybe 26. Mind-boggling, and they definitely have a long career ahead of them. I cannot believe it took me this long to discover this amazing musician. And I'm just really happy they came up and shuffle uh, this time around. This was certainly a very rewarding discography uh, to one run through. Sultana is definitely an artist I highly recommend you all check out sometime. But who... Will we be checking out in the next episode? Well, that's not for me to decide. Now listen. Take care.